Hey guys, Ryan DeMint. Welcome back to True Podcast. Another week in the books and we are still moving. I'm sorry that I'm a little uh, congested nasally. My sinuses are bothering me, but I want to get out another podcast. So this week, what does Zillow offloading 7,000 houses have to do with my flights being canceled coming back from Indiana and Texas? Stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back. So my flights getting canceled and comparing them to Zillow and offloading 7,000 homes, one word, patience. And in both of those situations, there's a lot of patience. And I'm going to tell you why. So let me start you with my adventures coming back from Indiana via Dallas-Fort Worth, which I flew on American. I typically fly out early Friday morning, like 7 a.m., 6.50. Got an email and I got a text message saying your flight has been canceled. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, And I get up and it's, uh, I think this is 1.32 o'clock in the morning. Look at it and it says, oh, you've been rescheduled to the middle of the day. Okay, not a big deal. I checked the connections. No big deal. Then about two hours later, three hours later, that flight has been canceled. And I get out on the last flight out of Evansville. And Evansville's not, it's just a regional airport. They don't have, you know... 100 flights a day. So I get on a flight that leaves at 410, 4.15, something like that. And I'm now not going to Dallas. I'm going to Chicago, O'Hare. So I get there. I land. Everything is all hunky-dory. And probably 15 minutes before we're supposed to board, My flight coming in that was already landing or going to land in Chicago was coming from Vegas and was on time, no issues. Automatically, I'm walking down the H gates in um, Terminal 3 in uh, Chicago, and the departure boards all start lighting up with canceled. I'm like, shit again. So mine hadn't been canceled yet, and then 10 minutes later, bada-bing, bada-boom, mine gets canceled. So it says that they're working on getting me rescheduled onto a flight you know, later today, which I already knew there were no other flights other than one that went back to Phoenix after 10 o'clock, and it was a direct flight. Everything else you'd have to lay over somewhere like Denver, and then, um, then you would have to wait till six o'clock in the morning to get another flight out and, you know, land in Phoenix at eight or nine, whatever. So, um, once I figured out that everything was canceled, then I go into the app to figure out what's going on. It, it's not giving me anything. So the only thing I know to do is go to the customer service desk because, uh, I called customer service and even with, uh, my status on platinum pro, um, it was still like an hour or something wait and they would call me back. So I scheduled myself for a callback and then I got in line. Luckily I got in line early enough to where 
I only had to wait about 20, 25 minutes in line, but here's where the patience comes in. That line then extended out just like a ride at Disneyland did. I mean, literally it was wrapped around all the way down the corridor. But as I'm standing there, I'm paying attention to all these people around me, and most of them were on my flight, and they're all yelling and screaming at people either on the phone. And the funny thing that's happening here is that these people are yelling at somebody that has no control over what actually happened. So the word from American during this time, and it's evolved over the weekend after they've canceled almost 3,000 flights, is they had weather and then they had staffing challenges. And whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not, it all comes down to is somebody screwed up, no one's offering up the truth, you have management saying one thing, and then you have the pilots union saying another. Tomato, tomato, uh, in the end, who gets screwed? The customers, the flyers. But back to the patience piece. So I'm standing in line. They're yelling and screaming at people on the phone. And then the people at the customer service desk, the, the customers, not the actual agents working, they're yelling at them too. And it's like, what? did they do wrong to you to cause you to yell and scream? I mean, one guy, he was traveling to Arizona, Phoenix, like I was, but he was staying, he was there for the weekend or something to that extent to where he was staying at an Airbnb and he says it was costing him $350 a month or $350 a night and wanted, you know, somebody to reimburse him and start paying for his time now since uh, his time was valuable. And the lady goes, you know, was very apologetic and said, here's the telephone number. Us as customer service agents can't do a refund. You have to call customer service and and then they'll have to go through the process with you and then you'll have to provide them information uh, about your stay so they can actually reimburse you. So the guy keeps on yelling and screaming at her, I want my money now. Give me my money now in cash. And, and so finally, a, cu- a customer service manager comes to the desk and starts working and comes over to the guy and pulls him in the corner, does it very nicely, uh, but you can hear it and just told him, sir, I don't know why you're yelling at my agent or yelling at me. We didn't cause this trouble or this issue. Whatever the situation is, we all we're trying to do is rectify it and try to help you out as best we can. But you yelling and screaming at us doesn't help the situation. And so the guy keeps on yelling and screaming. I want. I was far enough away, I wanted to walk up and tell the guy to just shut up and leave. But somebody beat me to the punch. And um, it was funny is that another passenger came by and said, you know, pulled him aside, said, dude, why are you yelling at them? It's not their problem. Weather-related, crew-related, why don't you go, if you want to go yell at somebody, go yell at a pilot or something and see where that gets you. But what is yelling have to, what is yelling going to get you in this whole process other than you worked up and getting your blood pressure up? So back to the patience piece. I come up, it's finally my turn, and the woman that this guy was yelling at, I got next. And I immediately just came up to her and just said, hey, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Uh, I've been in customer service for a very long time, and that's a bunch of crap. And um, it just is not fair to you guys because you guys didn't cause the trouble. But you guys are unfortunately the uh, whipping post in all this, uh, and I'm sorry. So she goes, how can I help you? You know, She was very nice, and she thanked me. And I told her, I said, hey, I see I'm... um, 
I'm rebooked on a flight tomorrow, Saturday. You know, this is Friday night, and um, I was wondering if there's anything else that you can do for me, something direct. So she starts punching her keys on her keyboard, you know, clack, 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 and doing her thing. Um, And then all of a sudden, I see her writing down on a piece of paper, and then she hands it to me, um, a flight that's not on American. It's on United, and it's a direct flight in the morning. Uh, Got me into Sky Harbor, I think, before 10 o'clock. And I responded back, and I said, don't twist my arm. And she started laughing. And she goes, oh, don't worry. Uh, I got you a voucher, and you already got a room taken care of for you. Uh, We also got you a food voucher. The thing out of this situation, probably the majority of people around me were just yelling and screaming at people. Uh, And realistically, it didn't get them anything. Most of them just got more heartburn and headache um, and more issues to deal with. Uh, There was a a mother and a daughter, I mean, older mother, older daughter, adult daughter. And the mother was on the phone and yelling at the customer service person. And I can hear the customer service person apologizing, you know, and letting them know that, hey, we're sorry, we're trying to rectify this. But again, we didn't cause it. And the woman is, you know, demanding that she be reimbursed for her whole flight. She needs to get a five-star hotel and she needs to have a hundred dollar voucher. I mean, all these demands. And it's like, where did we go wrong in society to where we blame the people that are not even the cause of the situation? Why do we continue to beat on those people? How, how, how fair is that? And, you know, it, it comes down to the point of, do you want that to be done to you? I know I wouldn't. Um, and... I think uh, the grown daughter was a little embarrassed and, and said uh, she apologized to somebody else behind him for, my, uh, for something. Um, it, 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 was just, it was just stupidity. You know, I wanted to get home because I'd been up since whatever time that was when I first got that, that first text. So that was two something, I think. Uh, and this was eight, I think it was around eight thirty or so. And I still had to go get a hotel shuttle in Chicago, which is a real, uh, pain in the ass to say the least, especially since of all the construction going on. And that took another 45 minutes to get done. And then another 30 minutes to, you know, get on a shuttle because everybody and their brother was uh, looking for a hotel shuttle. So the patient's on this side and how it relates to Zillow is killing them with kindness, patience and treating them how they wanted, how I wanted to be treated myself got me everything I wanted. And then some, and I didn't even have to ask for it. I got to be moved on to a direct flight in the morning. Uh, I got myself a voucher. I got my, I, I got a, a nice hotel room at the Westin, which was quite nice. Uh, very modern. Did I get home the same day? No, but I got home on a direct flight and didn't have to worry about it. So the other piece of this story is Zillow's offloading 7,000 homes, which after I dug into some more details, they're offloading almost 8,200 homes because they have homes that are pending that they've 
contractually said they're going to buy. Um, and they are now announcing today, uh, November 2nd, that they are going to halt buying uh, and get out of the market altogether because they are going to lose a crap ton of money. And when the patience comes to play in this is they're going to have to offload these houses for losses. Is it going to be a significant amount of loss? Potentially over the amount of houses. But for you and I, it looks like from what I'm reading from their statement and what I'm seeing in the Wall Street Journal, anywhere between 45 and 6% loss on each of the houses. So that's telling me that they were buying these houses over market price. And I don't know how much over market price. There's a couple people that are speculating that they've been paying anywhere between thirty to sixty thousand over asking price, which this really gets me fired up about patience, guys. This market is at a top. You're paying top dollar for a house, and look at the one of the largest buyers of houses in the market, and they're trying to get out because. They've made a huge mistake in their buying process. They let greed get involved. And they thought their AI was going to be able to fix their problems and be able to address and adjust home prices based upon their buying patterns. So they clearly the CEO came out and said, we've determined the unpredictability in forecasting home prices far exceeds what we anticipated and continuing to scale Zillow offers would result in too much earnings and balance sheet volatility. Well, that just tells me they effed up and they got greedy and had money behind them and they thought they had a blank checkbook and the market was going to continue to go north. And... It's not. Even though we are still in a crunch, we still need houses, but we need affordable houses. The patient's piece here, they're going to have to offload these. And some of the markets that they're in are very hot, like Phoenix. They're here. They're huge here. But the market is not bearing these numbers anymore. It's close, but not close enough. So could you potentially get a little bit better of a deal? Yes. But you're still north and you're still above the market. So you got to remember, unless you're going to live in this house for 10 to 15 years and you want to sell it before then, you're going to lose money, just like Zillow does. So being patient in this process and being able to wait the market out is huge. On my block, at the very end, one of the last houses that they finished on my side of this development in this phase before they've gone to two other streets over, a house that was listed smaller than mine, had no upgrades, just basic house. They never moved into it. They listed it for 465000 Like I told you, I bought my house for two seventy-five. Well, four sixty-five. It was on the market for seven days, and it pen, it's pending right now at four sixty-five, four hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. They haven't even officially. Well, they've recorded the transaction for their purchase. It hasn't come through the Maricopa Maricopa Assessors page, so I can see how much they paid for it. But I, I'd be a betting man that they paid somewhere between three twenty-five and three forty, just to guess. 
Uh, when that happens, I will I will share that. But if you guys remember, right across the street from me, when we first moved in, the house went up for sale for four hundred twenty and sold for four twenty five. That was a benchmark, and that house has a ton of upgrades. Same floor plan, ton of upgrades. Now the same floor plan without any upgrades just is pending for four sixty five. Does it appraise for that? I don't know, but we're going to find out. The thing in all this, guys, the patience piece, you might think you're missing out on something, but you're truly not because the market is is at a point to where it's strained already and median prices of homes is pushing $400,000. I don't know about you. I don't want that nut. I don't want to be house poor. I want to be able to enjoy my life. Um, am I thankful that there's some uh, appreciation in my house this soon? Yes. Is it going to stick? I don't know for how long. You can't bank on it. That's why buying it at the right price at the right time is always the best solution. Don't worry about the FOMO of a fear of missing out. If you have to rent a little bit longer to get a better deal, do it. I know you're, you potentially could be losing some money, but offset that, and here's a way that I look at it, is if you were to buy a house now, pretend that you had a mortgage on it. What would that mortgage be on a monthly basis, and what is your current rent? Whatever that delta is, say it's $1,000 difference, you start saving the $1,000 and put it into some interest-bearing account. Is it going to be a ton of money? No, but you're putting yourself into a better financial situation to where you've got a rainy day fund. You're also adding it for your down payment. And by the way, you're, you're helping yourself for the long run because just in case something does happen, you're taken care of and you're making better financial decisions. Don't let your emotions outpace your intellect and override you because in the end, the home purchase needs to make dollars and cents. And if you're overbuying, you're just setting yourself up for failure down the road because the market is going to peak and you're going to see the other side of it and it's going to cool off. Why do you want to be upside down underwater right when you start out? It's not worth it, guys. It really isn't. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's uh, topic. Let me know. Share, comment. I'm always open to healthy discussions. I hope you are too. Stay safe, stay healthy, have conversations. It's okay to disagree. We need to start communicating better, understanding what's going on, and accepting different points of views. It works. And it's not the end of the world if somebody doesn't share the same point of view you do. Have a good one, guys. I'll see you guys on the other side. Stay safe.